We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody what's going on you know what time it is it's wednesday it's 10 p.m on the east coast that means it is time for the roto dfs pick six Mayor crane i'm joined as i am every single week back to the best in the business so we got rich Reeve, mr reeve lord reeves how we doing buddy doing good man you know week 14 like really closing in on christmas it's it's starting to feel like we're getting there man yeah, it really does. I had that thought for the first time. Uh, God, it was like two days ago. I was saying, like, a week for We're almost done with this thing. This season's almost finished. Evan, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. Doing well, you know. Uh, Should have taken your advice and just gone all in on Philip Lindsay last week. Too much Aaron Jones. But, you know, these are the, the decisions that we live with, and we, we try to move forward. Yeah, Aaron Jones just um... – that was that was like the disaster that just killed so many people, and he didn't even have like an awful game. He but. wasn't terrible, but still, like our our expectations were very high for him. You know, we definitely like you know, ch- like changed around a lot of stuff to try to make you know make sure he worked everywhere. And hey, you know, at the end of the day, like that's what that's what gets coaches fired. You know, like Jamal Williams. I mean, he had thirty nine. Aaron Jones had thirty nine snaps. Jamal Williams had thirty eight. 15 to 11 touch split came out of nowhere. Jamal Williams had one touch in each of the previous two games. And at the end of the day, Mike McCarthy lost his job. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think he just lost it because Jamal Williams, like Mike McCarthy has been flirting with getting fired for years. It seems like Reeves you're up there in that area. What's the mood like up in uh, the, the upper Midwest? I mean, I'm not, I'm not really close to there, but, <laughs> but uh, they want to hire him here. I think. I think that's the the buzz is that uh, he's a John Dorsey guy. Are you excited? Uh, real fans don't, or I think real real fans don't. But he the, he's been a buzz, you know. After, the second he was fired, he was linked. You know, the the Dorsey McCarthy, you know, bromance was was connected immediately. 
Oh, yeah, he wasn't fired just for that. But, I mean, imagine hosting the Cardinals in your building, having your quarterback to throw 50 times and scoring 17 points. And, you know, just what a disaster the Packers have been all season long. And somehow they're five-point favorites this week. I understand the Falcons have been a disaster as well. Well, we're going to talk about that game, actually, too. But uh, it's crazy. The the Packers have just been in no man's land here for the last, you know, six weeks. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I'm hoping they bounce back in a big way this week. Um, I'll tell you what, before we get into the games, I want to tell you guys, the FanDuel Single Entry Series, it's still going on. It's it's been going on for the last four weeks. We've got about two weeks left of it. And this is how it works. The top four scores, they count. There are three buy-in tiers. And guess what? There's an online final for you guys that have been scoring really well week in and week out. $20,000 $20,000 in the online final. For more details, check out Smart Waters, Smart Waters post in the Roto-Grinders forum, and you're going to get the details on how to participate. And as we know, guys, free money, well, free money is always good money. And of course, we're going to try and help you guys win some free money this week. So let's go ahead and get into the games. First game we've got, it's one of the more interesting games that I think is on the slate because I think there are a number of ways we could go. It's Carolina at Cleveland, 47-point total. The Panthers are two-point favorites. And for Carolina, obviously, they lose Greg Olson for the season last week. And Reeves, how do you think that affects this Panthers team moving forward? You know, what's interesting is Greg Olson really wasn't getting a lot of volume when he, he came back. So it doesn't really free up a lot. I mean, they've started to transition playing their, their young wide receivers. Finally, even after Torrey Smith, you know, was, was healthy. We've seen DJ Moore come on and DJ Moore is a guy I think you can go back to this week as well. You know, for as good as the Browns have been against the pass game and it's because they get turnovers uh, against opposing quarterbacks. Uh, I think DJ Moore is a guy you can go back to. The Browns are, have been really bad against wide receiver play. Uh, they, they, they blitz so much. Don't get home with the blitz very often. DJ Moore's a guy can catch passes underneath, run after the catch. They've also been playing Curtis Samuel a ton the past two weeks. Uh, 29 and 49, 41 routes uh, the past two games run for Curtis Samuel. He carries a little bit of touchdown upside. He carries that rushing upside. He gets a few carries a game. Uh, Cam likes to go his way in the red zone uh, as well. So, like, both of those guys are, are pretty interesting names, I think, that we're, that will just continue to keep getting playing time. You know, outside of the obvious of, you know, Mr. Christian McCaffrey, who has 50 yards rushing and 50 yards receiving at least both uh, in five straight games. He's averaging 161 total yards uh, over that stretch in those games. The Browns have just been getting smoked uh, by opposing running backs. Uh, we And Evan called that, you know, probably the week five or six. They were just playing all those overtime games. It's caught up to him. Now Larry Ogunjobi uh, left the game last week with a biceps injury. doesn't look like he's probably going to play. If he's out, that's just another loss of uh, – for the Browns, the run game. And Chris McCaffrey's just been, he's had such just a high floor. He doesn't come off the field. He catches the ball. He's getting all these carries inside the 10, like we talked about last week when we wanted to play him. Uh, There's a reason why he's the highest priced running back uh, on the main slate. Yeah, and it's really tough not to like Christian McCaffrey. Again, you know, we got a guy who's heavily involved. Now, you know, traditionally when Olsen's been out, he's spiked even more in the passing game. He's getting all the red zone carries. I mean, Evan, I can't think of a single reason not to like Christian McCaffrey this week, even though he's the most expensive running back on the slate. Yeah, I got I got nothing for you. Um, what what uh, stood out to me about this game is that the total, I thought, was lower than I expected. Me too. I thought it, yeah, I thought it was going to be in the 50s for sure. Um, it has been bet up a little bit. It opened at 46 and a half. I thought that was crazy. Um, and then 
Are you guys worried about Cam at, at all? And I got I to check yes. out because I got to pull out my, my contact. It's just killing me. And I, when you see me next, I'm going to have glasses on. But uh, Yeah, boy. Yeah. But uh, uh, Cam Newton, are you guys concerned at all about his uh, his throwing arm? In March of 2017, he had um, a surgery on his throwing arm that was considered at the time to be very similar to Andrew Lux, Okay. Um, he, you know, he played pretty well and he was all right for most of the last season, but then as the season progressed, it got worse and worse and worse. Um, you know, his, his passing, especially at the end of the year was just about as bad as, as it can possibly get. And this year, you know, they've lowered his a dot tremendously. He used to be like a, a vertical downfield passer. And, you know, a lot of that is just to suit their talent, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, some of the best run after catch receivers in the NFL, Christian McCaffrey, obviously, you know, he really should have a low a dot, but throwing four picks and then being pulled at the end of the game for Taylor Heineke to me sends up a red flag. Yeah, I think absolutely you have to be a little concerned. Evan, I know you got to go do your contact. We'll talk about Cam here for a few as the E appears for you guys watching live on the video. Reeves, how do you feel about Cam in this spot? Because I am concerned about this entry. You know, there was some talk about, you know, his shoulder. Some I've even heard some people talk about they thought his shoulder might be a little bit banged up before this week. Now, obviously, he gets pulled in the last game. How are you feeling about Cam? Yeah, I mean, it's easy for us to just, you know, not really get invested in, in you know, from a uh, – a DFS stance, you know, we're going to keep our quarterback plays always tight, you know, around three or four guys. So, I mean, it's real easy to just take this news and just move on and, and carry on. Plus the Browns have been good against opposing quarterback play. Uh, only two guys have hit their seasonal average uh, and during the week against them, you know, for as bad as their defense is and for as many points as they give up to other players, quarterbacks don't score well against the Browns. It's just one of those things. So it's, you just put the two together. He's real easy to leave off your board this week. Obviously, if you're in like a season-long league, he's a lot harder because, you know, you can still get the rushing upside uh, as well. Um, but, I mean, the Browns have allowed two quarterbacks finished inside the top ten all season. We're, we're not going to pay premium dollar for a guy that, one, has a bum shoulder and has a bad matchup that's on the road. Uh, and the Panthers have been bad on the road the entire season. So it's just real easy to leave them, you know, out of the player pool. Yeah, McCaffrey's the guy I'm going to target here. Like, do you have any interest in a guy like Devin Funches? I mean, he seems to be like the forgotten man. And I understand that Curtis Samuel's getting worked in more. But we've seen traditionally when Olsen goes out, Funches gets some more looks. He gets some more red zone looks. Or is it just McCaffrey and move on for you? Well, he just, he hardly played. I mean, he had another touchdown called back in the game. They basically just brought him in to play inside the red zone. So you need more tangible snaps. I mean, is it going to be where that was just the one thing from last week to see if he was healthy and he's going to go right back up to the amount of snaps he was getting? Uh, or is it going to be one of those things where they still, he's, he's playing behind the other two guys, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. So he's tough. It's tricky. Uh, I think that the most, I think DJ Moore is still the most interesting guy out of the the Carol on the Carolina side. I think that, you know, a lot of people obviously sort of let down, but I mean, he was still all right. I mean, the targets were still there, just didn't have a big game. He's going to, you're going to have that from a rookie wide receiver. Um, but I think that he, they're going to go right back to, he's not going to come out. He's not going to be the guy that loses snaps. It'll be Samuel. If anyone loses snaps, it's not going to be yeah. DJ Moore. So, I mean, I like going back to him. He's still fairly priced, you know, in that range where you can squeeze on him uh, and get him, get him some cross stacks this game because the passing side and the other side is, is very interesting. Well, talk to me about Baker Mayfield. Cause he's that anybody who played him last, he disappointed the hell out of him, but it didn't disappoint. Chris Landry has returned. What kind of 
are we living in? Reeves, talk to me about Baker Mayfield and this Browns passing attack. Yeah, Baker, Baker's in a good spot this week. And, you know, um, Baker objectively did have his worst game in the season last year. But in that game, he still averaged 9.2 yards per pass attempt. He's now thrown for just a little under 10 yards per pass attempt, 9.8 over the past three weeks. Uh, the second half of that game, he was bananas. He made some throws in the second half of that game. I mean, he, on, the, on the move, he's, one of the, he's been one of the best quarterbacks all season. Uh, that touchdown he threw to Rashad Higgins was, was just unreal. Uh, he's getting a Carolina defense that has just really just gone down the, they've gone down the tank here the back half of the season um, defending the pass. They have a lot of top 10 quarterback in four of their past five games. Uh, just a lot of upside there. He's priced in that range. We like to you know kind of squeeze in on quarterbacks on both sites. Uh, you know, that fair price where you get that high floor with the upside uh, mixed in. You talked about uh, Jarvis Landry. I mean, he finally hit 100 yards last week after, what, 50 yards or less in three straight games. Uh, Carolina has been bad uh, against the slot receivers all year. Uh, Landry does move around a little bit, too. Uh, he actually had most of his yards in that perimeter last week than in the interior. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's – He's real cheap on a site like FanDuel just because you don't get the full PPR. You always get him at a, more of a discount. The thing is you need a touchdown from him. Uh, DK has really been kind of kind of stingent on where they price Jarvis Landry. You haven't gotten that seasonal discount really on him. I think he's still 58 over there. I mean, based on the season he's had so far, you'd, you'd like to see a little more squeeze him be like, like in the 52, like 51 in that area. Uh, and then you've got David Njoku, who has been all over the board. We've chased Njoku for a few weeks. He's just a hard guy to pin down because the target volume just isn't regularly there for him. But he's getting a Carolina defense that's 30th in receptions allowed to tight ends. Uh, they've allowed tied for the most touchdowns allowed to the position in the season. And he's another guy that's cheap. So I think when you look at where Carolina is strong at, and they're strong against the run, as bad as the Carolina defense has been, they've really maintained being good against the run. So you're going to get a little bit of a pass funnel. Baker's in a good spot. You know the targets are going to Landry, and Joku is intriguing based on the position he plays, the upside he has, and um, Evan might bring up uh, Antonio Callaway. I was just about to ask about Antonio Callaway because he's cheap enough at 3-9 that I'm probably going to be willing to roll the dice in a few spots as Evan shakes his head no. Evan, what do you think about this Browns passing attack? He just – I mean, Antonio Callaway just left so many fantasy points on the field this year. I mean, you know, last week he was close to a monster game. Um, he also drew like a long pass interference flag. I mean, like he's a tough dude to cover, you know, uh, although Dante Jackson, I think can run with him uh, from LSU, uh, the the Panthers number two cornerback. But um, I mean, he, he's just always the same story with Antonio Callaway. We know that the potential is there. You know, we know he can rip long plays. We know that Baker likes to throw to him. Yeah. Um, you know, he gets plenty of opportunity. He runs, you know, he runs like the same number of routes that Jarvis Landry does each week. Um, yeah, I mean, if you just look at the guys that, you know, get the most targets in the Browns passing game, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku in particular, like those guys have really good matchups this week. The Panthers have, have gotten crushed by uh, slot by slot receivers. Uh, Captain Munnerlin is just that it, it might be over for him, you know, like Adam Humphreys like plays him and, you know, crushes him every time. Um, and then they've been really bad against tight ends as well. David Njoku though has been very, very up and down, um, especially recently. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I, like, I really like the over on this game. My concern is the health of Cam's arm 
And, you know, will the Panthers be able to answer back? Maybe I'm reading too much into this, um, you know, but I want to hear, like, I think it's a great opportunity. Like, I don't have you guys looked at, like, what has Dr. Chow said anything about this this week? You know, like, that that's the kind of stuff I would be looking at. Is he getting limited in practice, you know, or is he full practice? I haven't really looked at, at any of that stuff yet. That's stuff that I usually look at on Thursdays. But if I'm, you know, someone who's, you know, trying to bet money on this game or, you know, trying to play these dudes in fantasy, like that's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm looking for what is Dr. Chow saying about Cam's arm and um, what are his uh, his uh, his uh, designations from a practice standpoint? Yeah, I haven't seen anything from Dr. Chow yet. I'm scrolling his timeline right now, but I also just might have not have seen it yet. You know, it's just I, I don't know, like. The problem with Landry is just I want to play him and I want to like him. But, you know, Reeves, you kind of mentioned we're not getting that count on him. And, I mean, last week was his breakout game. Still didn't crack 20 fantasy points. So I'm just not sure what I'm doing yet. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the highest of the week. It's, it's at the Bucks, 55.5 point total. That is down 2.5 points so far. The Saints, they are eight-point favorites on the road. And, Evan, I'm going to start with you. And I've got to say – I think I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I don't like do too many like totally crazy things. I don't think. I think Tampa Bay wins this game. Have I lost? Uh, my yeah. No. No. Um, okay. No, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I think that Tampa Bay, when they're, you know, when they're on their game, they can score with anyone. Um, and, and then, well, and plus you have Drew Brees playing outdoors yep. in the wind, in yep. the rain. Like everything to me just screams one the under and yep. two Tampa Bay. I think they pull the upset here. I don't know. What do you think about this game just on the New Orleans side? Because I'm I am thoroughly concerned about this rain. Yeah. Um, I again like I need to look more into the weather. Um, I usually don't look at that stuff until Thursday. You know, I'm just looking at like, you know, what are my main stream you know baseline expectations and as we start to get closer to the game then i'll look at stuff like that um because hey you know look at looking at freaking weather stuff on wednesday can be just fruitless and kind of pisses me off actually when i start to get like fantasy questions about you know should i bench I'm this glad guy I'm, glad I'm here for you Right. Should I bench this guy? (laughs) You know, like on Wednesday morning, like the weather looks like it's going to be terrible in the Monday night game. You know, like, I don't, I don't know, but um, I, the, the total has come down though. And that's, that's one of your biggest signifiers. You know, you want to look at, you want to look at Kevin Roth and you want to look at the total. And if the total is moving down and Kevin Roth is telling you that there's a weather concern in this game, you know, those are your red flags. And we already have the total moving down. I mean, we had it at 57 and a half at open. It was at 58. Was it? it, it at 58. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Now it's down to 57. Not surprising. Yeah. At bet online at Bovada at, um, you know, at those places at, at uh, pinnacle, it's already 55 and a half. So that's a two point move already. Um, but you know, we're going to continue to monitor the weather situation as we move forward. The game looks just gorgeous on paper though. You oh know? yeah. No, yeah, I, yeah. trust me. When I first mm-hmm. looked at this game, I thought, Hey, I'm going to have 75 Jameis and 75 breeze teams. All right. That's really easy. But you know, I look at the history of Drew Brees in the rain. He's got three games in the rain since 2016. He scored 19, seven and a half, 14 and a half points. 
that's a real concern for me. Reeves, what do you think about the Saints offense? You know, and I understand, like, we just can't spend the whole time talking about the weather. I don't want people to tune out that quickly. But, like, what do you think about the Saints offense in this game, Reeves? (laughs) Yeah, weather is definitely on my uh, list of things that where there have been a lot of uh, – there's been a lot of analysis done that shows that it matters, but I can promise you every decision I've personally made based on weather has been awful. Could not (laughs) agree more. Could not agree more. <laughs> uh, that's on my shirt. Was like weather, cornerback, wide receiver matchups. Uh, like there's there's a lot of analysis, but like every time I make a decision based on one of those things, I always end up regretting it. Um, there, it is interesting though. We've got the breeze in the spot where he just he actually just hasn't really played well in Tampa, anyways. Like overall, if you look at his last few games in Tampa, uh, let's see. Last year he was two forty five and one. The year before that, two fifty seven and zero. Year before that, he was three twelve and two, which is solid. Year before that, two two eighty one and one. The year before that, just one touchdown. He hasn't really put up a lot of big numbers in Tampa Bay. The other interesting thing is we talked about last week too is Tampa Bay has been really a lot better at home than they've been on the road this year. And we we talked about that being somewhat opponent driven, but then last week they came up again. They were they were a lot better. Uh, you know, again, I think they're just better when they don't turn the ball over, which, you know, two weeks in a row, uh, Jameis Winston, their quarterback, plays clean game, and they're fine. You know, they don't, their defense doesn't get steamrolled. Um, but uh, it's a great spot. I mean, Breeze has played uh, on the road now twice this year where he's been a top three scorer, and both of those games were neon lights, like ignore the splits or whatever, everything outdoors, like the matchup's too good. One was against the Atlanta Falcons and the other one was against the Cincinnati Bengals. And he crushed both of those games. The Bengals game was outdoors with, and people thought there was going to be wind concern for that game too. It was just fine. Of course, the Bengals didn't tackle anyone in that game, but uh, it's, it's a matchup where you would say, Hey, Tampa Bay is allowing the highest completion rate in the league. Who's got the highest completion rate as a quarterback, Drew Brees. Will he be stopped? It's going to take some something like you said, a hurricane, uh, something like that for, for it to like play out oppositely on paper than what we believe. Um, but, I mean, the ancillary Saints have really started to pop up here and be a thorn of our side uh, because it used to be the Saints, we just would just bang Michael Thomas, we'd bang Alvin Kamara. Now all these jabronis are starting to score touchdowns every week, it, but they're not doing enough on their own to be individual plays. You know, we had the one awesome game of Traquan Smith, that was it. All, all the rest of these guys are scoring touchdowns on, like, two catches. One catch. Uh, you know, Kirkwood and Dan Arnold and Austin Carr. Well, well, and also the Saints defense has gotten good. Yeah. Which is a real problem for the passing game. Right. They, they're still giving up monster games to receivers, though, yeah. which is which yeah. is interesting because they're not giving up a lot of points to – they were never giving up points to running backs, but – uh. You know, even quarterback plays went down, but uh, receivers, individual receivers, even Amari on on Thursday was really good against them. Um, and Gallup, but yeah, and Gallup kind of did some. Yeah, and and he could, Gallup could have had a monster game if Dak hits that throw, yep. uh, the one that he's he's all alone. But yeah, the Saints have been interesting because you know I've talked about this Michael Thomas season a lot um, at nauseum about like how we should be highlighting more how just efficient he's been. But the thing about how efficient he's been been in is it just hasn't given him a lot of room to have a lot of targets and like do a lot, like to be inefficient. So he's just not getting a lot of targets. I mean, you look at uh, his last nine games, 7.2 targets per game. That's it. Like you're paying premium dollar for a guy in DFS. That's only getting, you know, that, that amount of targets. So, I mean, he's, he's tough to just jam, even though the matchup is just glowing. 
Like we want to play guys against the Bucks, or the worst team in the league against lead wide receivers. Uh, he's due for like a splash spot. He's been down for a couple weeks. Uh, so, I mean, he's an interesting guy, um, but you're paying top dollar for a guy that's really not getting a lot of value. Yeah, it's a little bit weird because it's it's hard to believe that we've been frustrated playing Saints guys because of how many points they've scored. But that's where we've been, you know, in some of these games. And I'll tell you what, Evan, I'm just going to say, if there's one guy I'm not worried about regarding the weather, it's Alvin Kamara because he's somebody that regardless, rain, shine, snow, whatever the hell happens down there in Tampa, Kamara's going to get his touches. He's going to get his he's going to get his, you know, catches, his rushes. And I he's going to be the one guy that I just going to find impossible to fade in this spot. What about you? I'm totally on board, totally on board. Um, you know, his game in many ways is similar to Christian McCaffrey, who we saw, you know, rip them up. Um, he also uh, is the guy that when the games are close, yeah. he's destroying, like, in terms of usage. Like, Ingram has had three good games, and they all came in the exact type, exact same type of game script scenario. You know, and we, we've talked about this for weeks, really, you know, against the, the Redskins, against the Bengals, um, and, you know, against uh, – there was another blowout game in there somewhere. I mean, and he, he has only produced – oh, the, the Eagles. He has only produced in these monster blowout games. And uh, when the games have been close, and Crane, I mean, you just said that you think the Bucks can win this game, and I, I wouldn't argue against you at all. Actually, if you look at the season series recently, like the Bucks are kind of owning the Saints. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, last year in week 17, that, w- that was a game that the Saints needed. They played their starters. And guess what? Jameis like lit them up. It was, they, I think the Bucks won 27-24. They played again in week one. Of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think it was like, what was it, 48 to 40 or something crazy. Um but the, the Bucks won that game. Um, and, you know, like Tampa Bay kind of has had New Orleans number. I think that that is very often just uh, bound for regression, um, you know, maybe. But I think that uh, there, it's definitely like not out of the question that the, the Bucks can hang tight in this game, at least for most of the game. And that would suit Alvin Kamara, especially against this linebacker core of Tampa Bay that has not been healthy. Yeah, I just Com- combo backs have just wrecked them all year, uh, including Kamara himself, which was back in week one. But Kamara's wrecked him in all three games. He has seven touchdowns in three games against the Bucks uh, in the three times that they played. But, you know, Chris McCaffrey was a top three guy both games. Saquon was the RB1 against them. Joe Mixon was the RB4 against them. Uh, Tariq Cohen, I mean, uh, they've just gotten roasted by like that type of back. Not to throw Tariq Cohen at those guys, but. <laughs> I kind of think Cohen is I mean, it's, just, it's the same basic, you know, kind of player. Look, and I'm just saying Kamara, like he's RB five as far as pricing goes this week, 8,100 is just too cheap for Alvin Kamara. I think he's a hell of a value. Um, on the other side, we've got the Bucks, and you know, there's the saints, Evan, you're kind of talking about their defense has gotten good. So how do you attack this saints defense? Well, I think that I'm still attacking them uh, pretty aggressively, you know, assuming that the weather holds up, you know, based on the total, based on how well Tampa Bay has played at home, based on the fact that we got, you know, Todd Monken, the GOAT calling plays, and they just have so many weapons. So I think that they're just an, uh, an offense that is very difficult to stop, no matter how good you are on defense. Also, we have to keep in mind that defenses don't matter. 
Um, so that that is always something that we, we got to keep in mind. Uh, but the Saints, you know, against like mediocre or um, or off, you know, offenses that are just not as good. Like, you know, they could tee off, they get seven sacks against Dak Prescott, you know, um, they, you know, they shut down uh, uh, Atlanta, you know, those are decent to mediocre offenses, but I think against, I think the Buccaneers are a true juggernaut offensively. And, you know, they've shown us that pretty much all year, regardless of quarterback play, showing us that quarterbacks also don't matter. Um, Nothing matters, Evan. I know we, I'm telling you, nothing matters. We pretend it does. And then we, we, we perish. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that Tampa Bay is still all systems go, you know, let's let, we can look at like individual matchups. Like I think the saints are like legit good against tight ends. Um, you know, so that's maybe a concern for Cameron Bray, but doesn't really change his outlook because he's always a touchdown or bust guy anyways. And hey, if he scores a touchdown and gains 25 yards, like that's what you want from Cameron Bray yeah. at this point, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. And this yeah. isn't a week to go down to the Cameron Brakes of the world either. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you what, I kind of, last night I was, well, I just didn't have a lot to do. So I was kind of looking into these rain games that these both these quarterbacks have played. And the one thing that I noticed about Jameis is like he very continually just targets the hell out of Mike Evans. Mike Evans, Jameis Winston in rain games over the last three years, Mike Evans has targets of 8, 8, 11, 13, 19, and 8. So like Reeves, I think the, the you know, the floor here is eight targets. And I think we might see double-digit targets for Mike Evans. And once again, Mike Evans, a guy that's big-time boomer bust, it's been that we, you know, he's been putting up 30 or three almost every week and he's just 7,500 over on DraftKings in a match where I think they're going to have to throw Reeves. I like the Jameis Winston to Mike Evans combination a lot this week. What about you? I like him. I like him most weeks. I mean, it's, it's hard not to, I mean, he's a guy that, I mean, Mike Evans, we, we know the type of player is he's always going to have some low points based on the types of targets he gets uh, the, these vertical targets. He's going to have low points games where he's inefficient, uh, but always carries that, that, two touchdown upside and high yardage upside. Uh, he took it to Marshawn Lattimore that first game in week one after, you know, Lattimore kind of gave him the business last year and kind of frustrated and got him ejected out of that one game, uh, if you remember. But, I mean, you could you could also just play the Bucks' best wide receiver if you want. Chris Godwin? Adam Humphreys? Hum- hum- Humpty Hump. Humpty Hump. <laughs> you know, that's one of my biggest issues, though, with playing a guy like Evans. is just like Chris Godwin very clearly is going to get a lot of looks. Adam Humphreys, you know, I talk about those rain games. He's actually had, like, three or four big-time target games in those. So, I mean, I don't know. Talk to me about Chris Godwin, Reeves. Well, I mean, it just in, in the games that Deshaun Jackson missed, Deshaun Jackson has now missed three games. Uh, and in those three games, Chris Godwin went three for 98, seven for 111 and one, and five for 101 and one. He's a, he's a really talented player. He's just been buried on the depth chart. Hasn't been able to get his full, you know, allotment of reps this year that we wanted to earlier this season because D-Jax, you know, did bounce back this year. Was D-Jax like a, a, a fantasy football winning entity on his own? No, but he was good enough to warrant the usage he was getting. Uh, in that offense, but we still want him out of the way. I mean, Chris Godwin is going to be a dude, like, if you got him in keeper leagues, like, that dude's going to be, like, a wide receiver two next year for sure, uh, and especially if they make a good hire, or if they, maybe if they just bump Monken up with even more wheels up. But anytime this guy's run tangible routes in an NFL game, he's been really good for fantasy and been productive. Uh, so, I mean, he's still cheap. I mean, uh, DK tried to correct him. They tried to give him a 1,000 bump because uh, he was so cheap last week and everyone played him. Uh, but I think he's right in play again. Because like Evan said, you know we're going to get out of this offense. I really think that, like he said, Tampa is an offense that you're just going to 
just ride with through matchups uh, because they do one thing well and they have the personnel to do it well against everybody. Yeah. So, I mean, Evan, are you targeting Mike Evans here? Are you targeting Chris Godwin? Like, who are you targeting as far as pass catchers? Are you going Mr. Humpty Hump? I haven't decided yet. I think I'm leaning toward uh, Humpty Hump. Okay. Um, but, yo, as like as for the future of the Tampa Buccaneers, you know, Mike Gundy, uh, him and Todd Monken are boys, man. So what if they, like, hire, like, Mike Gundy to be their head coach? Like, they at this point, like, you know, they got nothing to lose, man. Like, they, they should do something cool. Their last GM, their current GM, uh, he traded up for Roberto Aguayo, bro. <laughs> after that everything's gravy man yeah man so i say you just go you know degaff and hire mike gundy and pair him up with todd monken yeah and is the, the way, most regrettable part of last year's draft season the giants taking saquon and, and tampa bay not getting saquon see that would have been sick and that's i think that's the point of the draft where it make made sense uh for for a team to take saquon you know, because I mean, at the time we had a different view of their quarterback situation. You know, the the suspension did not come down yet for Jameis, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think, man, that would have been unbelievable. Think I about think Saquon Barkley in this offense. In that's that would have been nuts. Yeah, I mean, he, he look, he's no Peyton Barber, but I think he would have got the job done for Tampa Bay. It would have been just fine. All right, let's move on to our third game. They got Ronald Jones. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Don't worry. They got Ronald Jones. Boy, think about. if they just would have not taken Ronald Jones and taken like Philip Lindsay. Would they could have taken Philip Lindsay in the seventh? Yeah, <laughs> he was available. All right, let's talk Atlanta at Green Bay. It's a fifty-point total. Green Bay, they're six-point favorites. This total is already up two and a half points. And Reeves, does Aaron Rodgers have a thank you for getting Mike McCarthy the hell out of Green Bay party this week? Yeah, I think he does because Atlanta's awful. Uh, yeah. It starts there. They're terrible. But, uh, defense may not matter, but bad defense definitely matters. <laughs> and, that's what Atlanta, and that's what Atlanta has. Uh, they're 26th in passing points per game allowed to opposing passers. The other thing is Rodgers has just had back-to-back kind of like not good matchups. Uh, he's never been good against Mike Zimmer and the, and the Vikings. And he faced an Arizona team who's been really good against opposing play, quarterback play all year. Uh, the one thing that you concern with Aaron Rodgers is like the Packers just have a bunch of Jags like running around. It's Devontae Adams and like a bunch of dudes. Uh, you know, that's the only like small concern. But I think he bounces back because his last positive matchup he had, he crushed, uh, on, you know, on the road in Seattle. So I think we'll have something similar at home against the soft Atlanta defense. Uh, I wish he was also priced down, uh, but I think that Aaron Rodgers definitely has a really big game this week. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, it's really easy to pair him with his um, top receiver just because we got a lot of value already on this slate. And we, as we know, value opens up throughout the week oftentimes. So you can pair Rodgers with Devontae Adams. And Evan, we've seen time and time again, it really doesn't matter the matchup. Devontae Adams is just going to get it done. And um, this matchup, by the way, is really good. So what do you think about Rodgers to Adams this week? Yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, Adams certainly, you know, individually – I mean, I just think I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be running the show for the rest of the year. You know, I don't I have no reason to believe otherwise. Joe Philbin admitted today in his press conference, you know, their interim head coach that he hasn't like called plays in a mean, meaningful game in like 20 years since he was coaching at Northeastern, not Northwestern, Northeastern. Bro. Where is Northeastern, Evan? This seems like something you would know. It's in uh, Massachusetts. That's close enough for me. All right. Good job. Well, am I wrong? It's, it's oh, no, I have no idea. I just, I, th- I was wanting like this specific yeah. 
and latitude and longitude. It's long in like Boston area. area. Yeah, it's in like oh, Boston area. I don't like Northeast um, Britain. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it just, it makes all the sense in the world. There's this strange faction of football fans that are like, no, they shouldn't even listen to what Aaron Rodgers says when they uh, try to, you know, hire their next head coach. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? The, like, Aaron Rodgers should be picking the next head coach. I, I don't care if he has not played well this year. Like, I don't care about that. Um, you know, you're not going to get rid of him within the next three years because you can't do it for salary cap reasons. So at very worst, if you don't even think he's good, which he is good, but his, he's been stuck in this offense that is still playing. It's like it's 1994. Um, you know, like you're, you, you may as well just go all in on him. And that's what the Steelers did with, um, with, with Big Ben. I mean, they got rid of Todd Haley, the dude who we, you know, clashed with. They just promoted his boy, Randy Fickner, from quarterback's coach. And, like, Ben just runs the show. He calls the plays on the field. And, you know, they're, like, 27th in rushing attempts per game. And they're number four in the NFL in scoring. Okay? So, you know, that's, that's what your goal would be for the Packers, really. And then you hope that, you know, the defense hold, holds up its end of the bargain, which at times it has, at times it hasn't. This year, you know, they definitely need to add more talent. They have a lot of young dudes that are playing uh, in the uh, on the defense. But um, yeah, I mean, it's you just you just go all in on Aaron Rodgers. Like there is literally no alternative. And certainly, this uh, last four game stretch is a great uh, you know test tube uh, to to just see how that goes. And it wouldn't surprise me if it goes pretty well. Yeah, no, I think it's going to go well, too. And I yeah. think Aaron Rodgers kind of throws a party here. And he's priced, Reeves. I mean, he's priced the QB7. I mean, it's that's one heck of a value. Devontae Adams is priced up. So, you know, to pair him, it's still a little expensive. But, um, yeah, I don't really see any reasons not to like Rodgers. What about you, Reeves? No, yeah, same thing I said. Just definitely yeah. definitely go all in uh, on him having a good game this week, depending on how you build your lineups. He's definitely a guy I'm going to have in my little quartet of quarterbacks. And I definitely want some Devonte Adams. I mean, Devonte Adams has been just unreal this year. He's had like a really awful individual slate. And we go back to the quarterback wide receiver matchup thing again. Like he's, he's just a type of receiver where he wins. Doesn't really matter. You're like, who's guarding him? Cause he's a contested catch winner, like Deandre Hopkins. He's not as good as Deandre Hopkins, but he wins that kind of game. You know, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of hand fighting, tight, tight contested catches. Uh, love those two players, man. I'm starting to fall in love with Andre, DeAndre Hopkins not, over these last couple of years, man. Just, dude, like, I, one, I like DeAndre Hopkins because he, he looks like an old woman. And then, two, like, he's just he, he's going to play forever. The way, he, the way that DeAndre Hopkins wins, like, that dude's going to be like the next Larry Fitz. He's going to play till he's in his mid-30s. Like, the way he wins, he's not super fast. Uh, just the, He's the best boundary uh, receiver we have in the NFL right now. Uh, and Devontae Adams is kind of like a, a little bit like that, you know, where he, he just wins in, in press tight coverage. Uh, and he's got a quarterback that's willing to throw to him in tight coverage and throw him open in tight coverage. Uh, it doesn't matter who's guarding him. You know, Patrick Peterson, Xavier Rhodes, any look at the lineup that Devontae Adams faced this year of dudes that you want to bring up in like conversations of good cornerback play. He's he's played them all this year. Yep. Um, Tredavious White, Xavier Howard, he's played all those dudes this year, and he's he's averaging seven point one catches and one hundred and four yards per game over his last eight games, eight touchdowns. Um, yeah, just just keep locking it up. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, he's got the trust of Aaron Rodgers, and especially in a game where Aaron Rodgers should be calling basically the entire offense, I could definitely see Adams having a big game. There's no one else to trust. Who who the hell are you going to trust? You're not going to equimania St. Brown. You're not 
you're not putting him in the circle of trust. I mean, Jimmy Graham's coming back, but he's playing with nine fingers. So, you know, what are you going to do? Um, Evan, what do we think about Aaron Jones? Is it the bounce back spot for him? I mean, it comes back to the assumption of rational coaching thing, you know? So um, that's kind of like nebulous from a predict, from a projected, you know, uh, prediction standpoint, but yeah, I mean, I intend to play Aaron Jones this week, um, you know, and I, like it just it won't make any sense if he doesn't smash. Like it just straight up won't make any sense. But it also didn't make any sense last week that Jamal Williams popped up and like all of a sudden it was a fifty-fifty committee again. You know, so I mean, it's just you know, it's, it's, stuff, stuff happens that doesn't make sense. Somehow. I don't. I don't know how that can happen if you're a coach. Like know. you know, he's very clearly coaching for his job, and like he plays Jamal Williams, and I guess they need some better pass protection. Who knows? All right. So on the Atlanta side, Reeves like. Is anybody going to play Julio Jones this week? Because not only is he too cheap, he's 7,900 over on DraftKings, but it kind of feels to me like between Tyreek Hill, Odell, Adams, Michael Thomas, Antonio Brown, it feels a little bit like Julio might be the guy that gets forgotten about. What do you think about Julio in this Atlanta offense? And he always feels like the guy, like everyone talks about, no one wants to play because the touchdown thing. Uh, but, yeah, he's in a spot, too, big bounce back spot. He had 18 yards last week. Uh, it was the fewest he's had in the game since week three of 2016. Definite bounce back spot. Uh, he before Prior to that, he had six straight games of 100 yards uh, or more. The Atlanta Falcons cannot run the football at all. Uh, 81% of their uh, offensive yards just come from passing game. They can't run at all. Uh, they've had a couple matchups where they shouldn't have been able to run the ball the last few weeks, but I mean, it's just terrible how bad this team is running the football. So they're going to be throwing a lot. They're road dogs uh, against the team. You can probably have a little bit of success against the air in uh, Julio's not going to get locked down by any of these guys. I mean, I know Jair Xander's had a big year, but he's a lot of, a lot of big plays as well. So, I mean, we're not worried about Julio like at all uh, to any degree. Uh, the rest of the Falcon side is a little trickier. Um, just because we've got Austin Hooper in a spot where Evan talked about the Saints being legit good against tight ends. I think the Packers are kind of legit good against tight ends as well. They faced a pretty decent slate, haven't really given up a lot of production to any of these guys. Um, and then Calvin Ridley is also always just like a guy, like you just ask yourself, did this dude score a touchdown? No. Well, he was unusable. And if he did score a touchdown, then he was probably really good. Uh, that's kind of the way he's been all year. And he's a rookie wide receiver. It's been a good, great season for Calvin Ridley this year. Uh, but for fantasy purposes, he's just been really cattywampus and hard to pin down if he doesn't score a touchdown. Yeah, I think Ridley, the thing with him, like he's so cheap. He's 5,200 over on DK. And we've seen upside where he has just like massive upside. I'm willing to gamble with him at that price. Evan, what do you think about this Falcons offense? Yeah, similar to what, um, very similar to what Reeb said. Uh, last week, yo, they ran 45 plays, man. Like, it's not very many. That is, is I mean, is that the lowest of the season? The, the Bengals probably had a couple games in there that were real close. I mean, 45 plays is like, team, teams, that are, teams that are facing the Packers average 60, 65 plays a game. That's 20 more plays than what the Falcons ran last week. So, you know, that's a really big difference. Um, you know, I, I mean, they, they have not, they've gone four straight games now where they scored 19 or fewer, um, you know, and this is like on the heels of a, of a, of a run where their offense looked like impenetrable, like their offense looked like it was, it was among the best in the league. So it's just one of these like, you know, late season swoons that, you know, a season within a season, 
and it's like, what the heck is going on here? But I, I tend to lean toward um, what Reeb says, where uh, he where he thinks that they're going to bounce back to some extent if we can get you know 62 to 64 plays out of them. I think they'll be fine. I, I I'm not scared of Jair Alexander at all with regard to Julio as he meant as he mentioned. Um, Jair Alexander is like he's really good, but he's like a small dude. You know, the, the big corner for the Packers was Kevin King, and they placed him on injured reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was playing better, too. But Yeah, and then, and then all the ancillary pieces are, like, just real tough to project from, from week to week. So yeah, that's, Well, that's I, one of the nice things that I like about this game is that you get, you get Aaron Rodgers, you get Julio, you get Adams, and you don't really have to worry about anybody stealing any of that production. That's one of the nice things when you look at games like this that we can attack because we don't have to worry about – look, if points are scored in this game, very, it's very, very likely that those are going to be the three guys that are involved. And most new. This is the most new spot, man. This is the game. It, I'm not playing Muhammad Sanu this week. But this was the game, Packers-Falcons. Oh, that's right. This was the game. Oh, <laughs> it was in the Dome in Atlanta, but – oh. Do you remember his stat line? I remember it. I remember it. it he, uh, I don't remember. I know he scored <laughs> – he scored a game-winning uh, touchdown, which um, which basically sealed it for me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was ni- it was nine for 84 and a touchdown. And that well, and most of that came on the last drive too. I'm not sure if yeah. you that, but like the last drive to win the game, he he had like four of those catches. It was just, and I, I remember I was I remember that watching in my living room because I had like two teams that were probably gonna have a good shot to win, mm-hmm. and then I remember that team just kind of vaulted ahead of them, and it was crazy because. I would have actually not won the Millie Maker had that not all that happened because the guy at the night game had Zeke and he came up and he passed because I was in first, second, and third going into that night game. He passed the team in second and third, but he didn't pass the Sanu team. And he only passed them in overtime, by the way. Like, but when overtime, Yeah, remember Zeke had like a 50 yard catch or something? Flag and, goes up, baby. And then there was a penalty. Yeah, it got called back. I remember that. Cause I remember, we, yeah. you know, we were all, we were living that sweat with you, man. Yeah. Well, and and didn't like Witten score a touchdown? Yeah, no, no, they had the ball in the two. They had yeah. the two at the it was end. The, it was the play where Dak ran around, like, yeah. and then Witten was all alone. Like, what do you get? And then Witten was uncovered. Yeah, and, like, it was like a play action because I was so sure at the time. I was like, nope, Zeke's getting the ball here. It's over, and I'm just going to be sad for, well, forever. And obviously, it didn't happen. All right, let's talk some quarterbacks. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, nobody's going to play him, even though he's at home against, the, against uh, you know, one of the highest totals on the slate. But against Baltimore, I'm just not sure this is the slate we need to go there. Uh, Reeves, I'm going to ask you about two guys. Ben Roethlisberger at Oakland, obviously an excellent matchup. But, you know, what do we think about – we'll get to, like, those other running backs here in a little bit. And then also Phillip Rivers. Big time favorite at home against the Bengals, who couldn't stop the three of us. So, Reeves, what do you think about these other high price quarterbacks? Yeah, it's it's hard to dislike either of those guys based on what the what the two defenses they're facing are. Uh, the other thing in the direction of the Steelers is they've just been so pass heavy the past six weeks, and they're going to be starting Jalen Samuels, who allows them to steer into being extra pass heavy and more versatile. I mean, Jalen Samuels is the guy you can be a lot more creative with than a guy like James Conner, who just who was a good receiver this year, but basically it was just catching, you know, tertiary dump off type throws uh, where Jalen Samuels, you can create a little bit of plays for him and, and get him in, in some mismatch situations. Uh, so I think that the Steelers really come out in their pass heavy again in this game, at least establishing the lead. There might be a scenario where they run clock later on, uh, but I think they'll be pass heavy early. 
uh, to establish a lead because that's where the Raiders are terrible at. They're terrible everywhere, but uh, they're going to, I don't think the Raiders are going to be able to answer like they did last week, where they were able to just, you know, get some touchdowns against the Chiefs and kind of keep the Chiefs moving. I don't think that that'll be uh, happening this game, but it's easy like both those guys. Um, I want to know what you guys think about Andrew Luck, man. Oh, Andrew Luck. Bounce back. Andrew Luck, bounce back. I mean, I just don't like him as much as other guys. I'll play Eric Ebron a lot, but I'm not going to play Luck. I just don't. I've got between Jameis, between Ben, and between Rodgers, like I don't really see the reason to go outside of those three. What about you, Evan? Are you in Team Andrew Luck, or are you like you like those other guys? I mean, I like all, all the guys. But, yeah, I definitely like uh, Andrew Luck. I, I like how T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron, his top two pass catchers, match up against the Texans as well because the Texans have been just atrocious in tight end coverage. And uh, I don't think that any of the Texans cornerbacks can hang with uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton on the, especially on the perimeter. Like Jonathan Joseph is 34 years old. You know, he couldn't he barely even play last week because of a stinger. Um, you know, the other dude, Sharice, Wright, Like we, we would love to get, you know, we've been picking on him for years, man. Like since the show yeah. started. Yeah, like we'd love to get like 15 routes of T.Y. Hilton against Sharice Wright. Like, please, you know, please. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, and that's that's who the ball is going to right now in the Colts uh, passing attack. Uh, so I like the way that that sets up. I mean, you know, the, the matchup like, you know, theoretically is not that good. But I think that the, the Colts are very are much more likely to bounce back than not. The Jaguars just played an unbelievable game. You know, last week they got up for it. You know, they were at home against, you know, a division rival. You know, they had heard, you know, all the all the press clippings. You know, they benched their quarterback, you know, like all this. You know, they lost seven in a row, whatever. They got up for the game, you know, and they played an unbelievable game. And they shut out the Colts. And, and like, I'm not even sure we're going to see them. You know, I think them, that might be their last game that they play the entire season. You know, like, we'll find out on Thursday night if they're, if, 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 if they're, you know, still in action, but um, I'm yeah, not sure I, I'll find out on Thursday night. I don't think there is any way I could care less about this game, about that game. All right. Fair enough. Fair like enough. The, the total's like seven. Like, I'm but, just, but yeah. And then if you look at like, so the, the Col- the Texans have done a great job of limiting scoring um, over their last eight, I think it's uh 15 points allowed, but dude, I dare you to look at the offenses that they played during that stretch. <laughs> the best offense that they played during that stretch is the Browns that's the best offense that they played during that eight game stretch and Baker Mayfield threw for 397 at 9.2 yards per attempt and Antonio Callaway fumbled a touchdown out of the back of the end zone or uh, at the one yard line and the Texans recovered you know and moved the ball really at will uh, in the second half particularly so I mean look I think the Texans defense is good but my goodness they have had the one of the the, it's it's got to be the easiest slate of offenses in that. The NFL Bears. The Bears are definitely first. I mean, at least the Bears like played like the Patriots. It's true. Know? They did play the Patriots once. And but and and to be fair, with the I Bears, swear to God, every time I I mean, it won't happen this week because they're playing the Rams. But every time I look up, I'm like, the Bears are just playing a bottom ten offense every week. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like hey, every you, week, you just play them in fantasy. It's that simple. All right, let's talk some running backs, and I think. This running back slate is incredibly interesting because we've got three guys, Jeff Wilson, Jalen Samuels, Justin Jackson, that should all see a lot of work. They're all priced under 4K on DraftKings. And 
Reeves, what do you do with these guys? Because, you know, this this season has been kind of the season of you win money by paying up at running back. You play the Gurleys. You play the Kamaras. You play the Christian McCaffreys. But this week, I mean, we've had some good value running back weeks. I'm not sure we've had any better than this one. So what are you doing with these guys? What's kind of the optimal roster construction with these three? I'm still just going to pay up for running back. I think you may be able to coax me into like a – I'm going to hear Evan's take on Jalen Samuels. Uh, you might be able to coax me in DK into some Jalen Samuels uh, ownership. But the other guys I'm probably just not going to own because we're not going to get the Chargers guys. We have no idea the split still. I think that we've kind of discovered that Austin Eckler is really good when he's playing in the role that's for Austin Eckler. And Justin Jackson warrants more touches the way he played last week. And he outtouched Austin Eckler 7-4 to in the fourth quarter last week when they were playing from behind trying to get that win and then secure that win. Um, but it's great matchup. But, dude, the, both those guys can get 15 touches in that game, like easily against the Bengals. Uh, it's a game that they're going to win. They're 14-point home favorites. Both those guys can get 15 touches in that game. Uh, Jeff Wilson is the guy you could protect the mo- project the most touches for for sure uh, out of that group, but he's playing a Broncos team that's been awesome against the run since they g- gave up that 200-yard game to Todd Gurley. After they gave up the 200-yard game to Isaiah Crowley, they've been incredible against the run, and I don't think they've even a lot of rushing touchdowns since then to, to a running back. So, I mean, it, he's tough. He has low touchdown upside. Uh, so, I mean, none of those guys really excite me from a DFS standpoint when I can just keep paying, and you don't have – it's not even trouble again this week to fit in. Yeah. Who, pick, pick pick your three or four out of Saquon, CMC, uh, Zeke, and Kamara. You can get them in. It's not hard. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking, at a lineup, <laughs> I'm looking at a lineup that I love right now that's got Kamara and McCaffrey in there, and I'm like, nope, I feel great about this. You know, maybe, Yeah, I mean, it's just tough. Some people are going to try, try and pay for two of these guys in a lineup. And, Evan, what do you think? Is that a mistake this week? I don't know. I, I just I, – I'm not to that point yet. You know, personally, like building building lineups, I just don't know. Um, you know, as with regard to Jalen Samuels, he caught more passes in college than he had rushing attempts at NC State. You know, he played like wide receiver slash tight end. You know, there's a reason like if you log on to Yahoo, which Yahoo said that they're pulling his tight end eligibility away. No is, way. Is that, yeah. No, they said no. They said they weren't. Oh, right? okay, good. Okay, okay. Well, I didn't they get They can't. Him. I mean, they really can't. You I made can't. the playoffs in both my high stakes leagues, and I didn't get him. I didn't have enough fab budget to get him. Yeah. So I was going to be really happy if that was the case. But okay, moving on. He, um, I mean, what is he as a tight end play this week? He's uh, anybody other than Ertz, Kelsey, maybe Gronk, Ebron. Uh, maybe Ebron. yeah four guys I mean I think it's like basically four guys that if you, depending one. how you feel about Gronk yeah well that's what I, like I was gonna have a real decision and if I got him like you your guys DMs were gonna get blown up because I was gonna say do I play Samuels or Gronk at tight end like, I think I, you play Samuels that's kind of what I thought too yeah. but I it was Definitely. just like either way but I mean he's 3.7 K on DK obviously we can't play him on at tight end over there unfortunately that would be a party but I mean Evan, how do you feel about like Samuels, Wilson, and even Justin Jackson this week? Um, yeah, with Justin Jackson, like I, I have, you know, very similar feelings, I think, to Reeves. Um, I mean, the dude is like a good player. You know, he left Northwestern as like their record holder in everything, you know, is definitely not a bad athlete. Um, you know, he, he hey, he's played well in his opportunities. He was just hurt early in the year. He has this terrible hamstring injury. Um, that, you know, plagued him like uh, a bunch, like, you know, since the preseason, um, you know, I, <clears throat> I think Austin Eckler is good though. Like I, 
I was shocked at how bad he played in that game against the Steelers. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, I agree that, you know, based on our sample sizes, based on just all the information at our disposal right now, it would suggest that, yo, just Eckler is just a role player. You know what I'm saying? Cause that's when he's excelled, but yeah, like, he's good. Like we've seen this man, you know? And so, and he stunk in that game and he yeah. was playing, he was playing a, a defense that has played well. It, it didn't, you know, exactly play well on uh, in that particular game, especially in the second half, it was terrible. And they just, their coaching puts their team in, in bad situations. Like, you know, like leaving linebackers on Keenan out, like you can't adjust your defense to account for that. I mean, make an adjustment, man. You know, like you straight get eaten up, but for like 15 catches by Keenan Allen, just the dude gets first downs at will. You can't make a single in-game adjustment. I mean, what in the heck is going on? I mean, and we, we know you've been doing this all year. Like they've been doing this all year. You know, they, they cover slot receivers with, you know, cause they play zone in the middle and then they play man coverage on the outside. That's like, you know, cover three at its, at its base, you know, and uh, the linebackers, like the slot receivers are always matching up with linebackers. That's why slot receivers have done really well against the Steelers this year because Mike Hilton is not a chump like at slot corner. It's because the slot receivers get matched up with the linebackers against this defense. But, man, like you get just straight worked in this game because you have no ability to adjust. And so it's like, you know, that that's infuriating. If I were a Steelers fan, I'd be pissed off about that. Um, but anyways, I don't know what were we even talking about. Well, we were talking about Justin Jackson, and like one of the things that I think yeah. because the coaching staff has already come out and said Austin Eckler's overworked at this point. Like to me, in a game where the Chargers should win big, I could see Justin Jackson getting there big time in the third and fourth quarter. But then you get Samuels. Like, what do we? I mean, I'll just ask about Samuels. Like, what's your read on this Samuels, Stephen Ridley running back by committee? Maybe they'll do it. They've never done it, but they say they're gonna do it. Like. What the hell do we make of this situation? I think that Samuels can be the main guy. I think what we've seen what Steve, Stephen Ridley has to offer at this stage of his career, and it's not a whole lot. And uh, Jalen Samuels being in there, I think, um, actually elevates the pass attempt projection for the Steelers. Uh, because, again, you know, he's not really like a running back. He really isn't. He's going to get a few carries, no doubt. Uh, and he's played like, you know, primarily running back all season. But that's he's really just like a versatile, like a Marcel Reese type of guy. You remember the that, that fullback? I'm I'm just glad we got a Marcel Reese reference. It's that's it's no big through, but it's uh yeah, it's not bad. So I just I think we're gonna see a lot of passes from Ben. I think Ben's an awesome player. I think A B, you know, no one on the Raiders can cover him. Juju, you know, Vance McDonald. I just I think they're gonna put up a big number uh on the on the Raiders. And look, Jalen Samuels can absolutely be a part of that. All right, well, you mentioned uh, Antonio and Juju. Let's talk about some wide receivers because, Reeves, those are kind of the two guys that I wanted to touch on because I don't think – I mean, I don't know if people are going to play them or not, but they're huge favorites. We've seen the Steelers have some FU games in there, and this kind of feels like it could be one of those spots. The problem is you got to pay for him. We're not getting that discount with Juju anymore. He's 8-2 over on DK. Antonio Brown, he's the most expensive wide receiver on the slate at 9K. So what do you think about these Pittsburgh receivers, Reeves? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think they're going to earlier, I think they're going to be a pass heavy team this week. They're going to build that, build their lead through the air. So, I mean, you're always going to want some attachment to that. And you're going to, you know, stack these guys up. And it's, it's a lot harder when we're talking about making, you know, cash lineups because we already talked about the formula. 
one of those big backs, man. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'm looking at more just like the receivers to highlight underneath those guys. So, like, who are some of the guys we want to play? Like, T.Y. Hilton's way too cheap on both sites uh evan brought up like they this they can't hang with really speed guys we talked about it and we talked about the guy that uh, antonio callaway last week they had trouble guarding him uh they're gonna get ty hilton at 115 yards against them before he popped his hammy uh the first time these teams met uh he's real cheap and he's 63 on dk uh which is which is way too cheap we're talking about like we talked about a guy like earlier like jarvis landry's 58 and ty hilton 63 like it's pretty easy to, to make room for those five to go up there to make that uh, type of adjustment. We also have the Emmanuel Sanders injury now. So Brutal. now um, – hey, Sutton hit last week. So my, my Millie stack uh, was it really good with Sutton. And, and Case Keenum and Lacoste combined for like 11 points, so that did not work out. Uh, but but yeah, Sutton hit. came from Case Keenum, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Sutton hit. Uh, now he – He's gonna get force fed targets more. Deshaun Hamilton's got his min, his min priced. Uh, he was already running more routes before Sanders went down. Uh, he's gonna play in the slot more. Not be. We always talk about when we teams play the 49ers, What do we do? We work the slot and left wide receiver. Uh, it's gonna be those guys uh, are gonna have to target by. And the thing you're worried about with the Broncos guys is how much pass volume we're even gonna get. Because last week we saw they'll, they'll take their foot off the gas. Not really. They'll limit what Case Keenum can expose them to uh, in a game. I'm not uh, so, do not try and talk me into case Keenum. No, no, I'm not going to. I was, I was, you know, talking, you know, Deshaun's man and uh, Sutton is still really cheap at 45. Uh, we know there's going to be a target trickle down, you know, based on the loss of Sanders, who was had 30% of the team targets, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, and we're not talking about a little bit of targets are gone. No, like all the targets. Like, I mean, Evan, what do you think about this Broncos situation now? Because Deshaun Hamilton, obviously, is min price, going to see the slot against San Francisco. It's awfully tough not to love him this week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I definitely think that he's squarely in play. He's minimum price everywhere. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing else to say. He's going to have a lot of opportunity. You know, hopefully they don't have 12 completions in the game again. <laughs> Because, like, yo, when, when teams have 12 completions, you know, like, Lacoste to be the boss, like, he ain't going to be the boss. It was know? Lacoste like, to be the loss. That's what it was. Lacoste to be the loss. Yeah. You do anything. Your number one, Emmanuel Sanders, has 19 yards. You know, Lindsley just goes nuts. And, you know, one guy has a decent game, Cortland Sutton, and, like, no one else, like, has even, like, 30 yards receiving in the game. So, you know, hopefully we get a situation where there's not 12 completions again because no no one's going to be good in fantasy in situations like that. Yeah. To be fair, no one had to play Lacoste last week after no. the Kareem Hunt news. Once the Kareem Hunt news happened, everyone just played Ebron. Ebron, yeah. Ebron was the player. I mean, I played two tight ends on 90% of my team, Ebron and Lacoste. And, uh, you know, sometimes you play the tight end, that's just Lacoste doing business. But, guys, we got to get out of here. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, this is a fun week. I think this is a Stars and Scrubs week. Don't get cute. You know, like some of these guys, people are going to try and play Austin Eckler. Just like, don't do it. 6200 is way too much for him. You know, you can go back to Lindsay. Mark Ingram, I think, is going to be a bust. But we got to get out of here. I got to get the D train home to the little lady. Been a lot of fun for Reeves, for Evan. Thank you so much for watching the Roto Grinders Roto World DFS Pick 6. I'm Eric. We'll see you guys later. Peace. 